Hi, everyone. Welcome to yet another podcast. Today, we have a very distinguished guest with us, Mr. Arvind. Um, Mr. Arvind here is from Sri Lanka. Um, most importantly, he is a social and tech entrepreneur. He has been devoting his life towards empowering underprivileged communities and helping tech companies make informed decisions. He was in a war-affected region in Sri Lanka as a child, and he has used his background to create you know, more intellectual livelihood for himself and to use his education and his experience and skills to solve social and economical problems that we all face today. So without further ado, let's hear more about his background, more about his experience and about the future. Hi, hi everyone. Thank you, Kusuma, for the for the invitation, and uh, happy to share my story and uh, my learnings uh, here for the future generations. So, as uh, you have already heard, so <clears throat> my story of being born in a war war zone and then uh, leaving the when I was a teenager, I had to leave because of this uh, fear of being a child soldier, and I became a from a war child. I became a war like child refugee, and which uh, which was completely a different story than than being in a war zone. So. Um, why I do what I do, basically, as I said, as this personal story, like 24 years of my life has been in this, uh, you know, uh, as is in suppressed in as a war child in one country and oppressed as a refugee in another country. So I didn't have much access to education or any kind of opportunities as, as uh, in in, in the, during this period of time. So. Uh, uh, especially during my time as a refugee, uh, it was very difficult. I was not allowed to go to school and basically there was no integration uh, happen at the time and in the place where we ended up. And uh, uh, so I had to struggle away. I have to find always a way around the system to, to, to you know, go and have like access to education. And based on that, uh, uh, when I came out of all these, you know, 24 years of uh, struggles in my life and I, I found out that okay there are a lot of kids and a lot of children like a lot of youngsters in my you know would have gone through the same thing and going through the same thing even day to day today in different parts of the world so I decided okay we I would love to to develop I would love to establish an organization that gives an unconditional access to to multidisciplinary education uh, without you know asking them to have some form of a degree anything because when you're working in global south most of the time children they don't have these youngsters they don't have any any former formal education so that's why we have to give them unconditionally this knowledge so that's how our organization dreamspace academy is also started and that's how we are empowering underprivileged communities to 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 reach bigger heights thank you for that answer um i actually appreciated the part where you talked about you know connecting with other children who possibly face even more threatening situation today as you know the world's been evolving and everyone faces new challenges um, like you did as well. Um, so I just wanted to ask because you said that you didn't have access to education and you became from a child soldier to a child refugee. So how did you you know gain all this experience that you have today? So that's uh, that's exactly so when when uh, uh, when every door is being trying to, to be closed for me, I was trying to open another door. So right. most of the time, all my education, whatever I have learned is self-learning. 
and uh, even so in those days when even in, when even when it's not that easy we didn't have uh, any online education as as we have right now and but it's still i was uh, uh, i was a teenager and uh, when i was a refugee so i i was uh, away from the family and so i always found ways to um uh um learn different things basically basically from different people and different so i didn't have any formal uh, way of learning them and that's that self learning is is the is the is one of the reason and i have this curiosity that okay i want to understand these things rather than uh, you know like you know be a user of that for example when i was uh, 15 years old um, uh, i was already uh, like one year in that another country as a refugee i didn't i was not allowed to go to school so um i saw like uh kids of my age uh, were very much interested in playing games but i was very much interested in how the game was made Right. So in that way I was uh, trying to learn and then I found uh you know private um ways of learning this thing like <clears throat> then I kind of learned how to do the 3D and 2D animation so so 20 years ago and then I I with that I learned to build like you know different solutions and then people were interested in the solution so I started my engineering service Uh, at the age of 15 because wow. i was not able, allowed to go to do other things like normal kids so right. that's what the curiosity and self learning are the other other one of the you know two of these reasons that i have today have learned uh, myself you know you know worked in multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary anything from you know electronics mechanics to biotechnology nanotechnology anything that that you can mention that i have even though i don't have much of academic background in everything that i ha- i do now but self learning helped me to yeah. to learn that because i have the curiosity also right so um that's actually incredible so you're basically saying that because of your self inclination towards learning and education because of all your barriers you broke into like a very lucrative and challenging you know career um and i just wanted to ask you know cuz not everyone's going to have a, a moment like yours or a struggle like yours to identify with a cause so to help other people identify with hem- helping um underprivileged communities and children what are the do's and don'ts um what 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 did you wish before you entered this industry and what would others or our audience benefit from knowing because your story is all about perseverance but and grit but i think we're also privileged today that we don't really have that um defining moment to be like i want to help these people so if they want to do it you know as as intrinsic motivation what would you tell them yes <clears throat> the biggest um uh biggest challenges of if you, if you if you look into the social entrepreneurship uh either use you use technology or humanitarian or peace building and reconciliation whatever whatever the topic that could be the social enterprise the biggest challenge in social enterprise is basically the people you know yeah. you need to know how to manage people and it's 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 all about Uh, especially if you are working in global south that is you know that will come with so many layers of complexities as you know you know age differences you know ethnic differences religious differences and maybe like in some region they even have the caste differences yeah. so this is something that you need to really understand so before entering into a social ent- enterprise uh and just do not uh, uh like assume that okay because it works in the global north then it would just work anywhere or even if it even within global south if you think that it works in 
in Kenya it would work in you know India you know something like that so it's always uh, have a hands on knowledge just be a part of the story uh, before you think that this is something that you can solve so you have to be uh, you know there and to, to live with these people and try to understand the challenges this is uh, something that i see like a lot of people uh, uh, especially a uh, lot of youngsters from the glo- global north they they just um, um, uh, get these opportunities to do some form of a social responsibility exchange program or something and then or even organization international aid organization let's say they want to build something for someone yeah? yeah and then they go there and then they just stay there for a few months and then they think that this is what that that people they would need and then then you you give that and then you come back and then it's just it, it just dies you know there is no system sustainability of these projects so that is that the, the human aspect is something that first you need to learn you have to be there to understand for quite some time you know one two months is not just enough to understand that and um, i know that like several international aid organizations and uh, they send uh digital like the design thinking experts to 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 Kenya to teach these tribal people how to think you know it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. so they know how they have been they have their process or so they know what they they have been doing so our uh like the suggestions that i give for new social entrepreneurs is that when you go and stay with them and then you identify challenges that they are facing and and based on those challenges bring your resources and try to solve the challenges in the in from their side not from your side you give a solution but it's not actually a solution it's a problem to them so that is one thing that i would uh, say uh, in uh, the human challenges uh, it's always huge so like even recently just in last few days ago uh, we had some issues uh, very ethnic issues happen because um, um, we want to have a, in one of our program um, uh, it's it's about the space program and then we want to have a girl from a, a muslim community in sri lanka and then they are mostly in that community uh, women uh, girls they are not uh, mostly they are mostly into business and mostly girls are not also much uh, going to schools and and university they are going to schools maybe not for the higher education and uh, uh, and also it has been difficult uh, to for us to integrate from that community with all other people who are like open to 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 be seen visible and take a photograph and to publish okay this this achievement has been done so these are the challenges like we these are the mistakes we made okay we need to make sure in advance if that okay is that okay for for you to take photograph and to be a part of uh, you know, uh, many other students, and then it it causes so much issue, right? You know, well, for one person, we have to stop, stop, you know, documenting our whole process. So things like that, you know, just understand the local context very much, and and then that will help a lot to solve the challenge that you are trying to solve. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think I think people forget that you have to be respectful of um, cultures, and you know, they have they have their own. inhibitions they have their own culturally moral um you know values and a lot of the times um when when i'm in a business class or a round table at school we often talk about or give an example of the japanese you know they have a completely different organizational structure based off of the hierarchy and japanese values so you know if if you're working under somebody and they're your boss and regardless of how old they are it's incredibly hard for an employee to just even voice their opinion 
about uh, supply chain, uh, change in manufacturing, change in operations, because it would per- be perceived as inherently disrespectful, even though it could be a completely brilliant idea that would, you know, cut costs by some percentage or, uh, you know, make it better for their process. But yeah, I, I think that's a very important aspect. And I-, I-, I liked how I could relate to it as well. So I think that's a great takeaway for a lot of students. Um, and I think we can yeah, and another and another thing as you mentioned yeah. is in majority of the global south they are also very hierarchical system right. they have this pyramid hierarchy and everyone you know where most of the time uh, you cannot assume that someone will take ownership and they will you know do some like finish it so the definition of done in in, in that in social yeah. entrepreneurship we have to be very careful because yeah. I myself in my organization try to have flat hierarchy but it's not possible to have flat hierarchy without having a pyramid hierarchy to enforce that flat hierarchy so yeah as you mentioned yeah thank you yeah that makes a lot of sense I think people people should understand how that could work in different environments um, yeah so I, I think let's dive into you know our question here which is about the future and new women looking like I just want to know that are your approaches to empowering underprivileged communities changing in a progressive way through technology? Um, you know, because you mentioned that some communities are wary about having an online presence or, um, you know, having their uh, um, identity on the internet. How is it a challenge for your academy? Or how is it a progress step for your academy now that everything is virtually digital? Yeah, so um, so how we are solving these social uh, challenges with technology at DreamSpace Academy might be a little bit different. So we are not an educational institution or kind of a makerspace or kind of, a, you know, these kind of robotic STEM institutions. So we are basically a community innovation center, like an, like an innovation organization is like a center, but it's, it's done by the community. So it's co-owned by everyone in the community. Yeah. And we are tackling the socioeconomic and environmental challenges using challenge-based learning. So that's the whole point. So uh, whatever happens at our location, at our center and our initiative is a challenge-based learning if you find a local challenge. And then what we do, uh, we find a candidate who is the victim of that challenge. So we, because we believe that uh, uh, the challenge can be solved better, a problem can be solved better by the person who has been the, you know, the first yeah. victim of the problem. Yeah. And then we are training that candidate with several interdisciplinary education, as I said, everything from storytelling, photography to to electronics, mechanics, to biotechnology. And then we identify what in, in that, what is they are interested in. And then from based on that, then we, we help this candidate to build a technological solutions for that socioeconomic and environmental challenge. And then the fourth stage, we train them. We bring a lot of trainers and experts and send them abroad for some form of training and finally create an organization for themselves to keep doing that forever, you know, forever or as long as they want, you know. So we have to do that. For example, if we have a candidate who is doing, uh, who created the whole organization around the ocean protection or ocean deep, or the ocean exploration, that industry or that, that domain doesn't exist in Sri Lanka. So basically in this way, we are create triggering that micro industry itself. Yep. 
so uh, uh the 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 when it comes to to this cultural differences and then the, the, the new normal as you said because so we whatever majority of the, the work that we do cannot be done online because we are t- touching the real world physical world part so we need electronics mechanics biotechnology nanotechnology these are physical labs you have to be there and then we have also the soft skills and like business lab art lab and other other type story labs of course this can be done uh, online and the how we are tackling these uh, like as i mentioned that if someone doesn't want to be in in her in that girl society is like uh, they don't want anyone to be you know to go graduate and they don't want um uh, it's just the society is like kind of suppressive towards that and they they think that okay if this girl is going to be on stage on screen and that's going to be it's not good for for their you know whatever you know reasons and but most of the time the families are okay the parents are okay it's just the people around them you know they really so what we did is always when we wanted to empower a candidate and a privileged candidate we always first start with their parents and we start empowering them we started to start to like you know talking with them what are the what are the benefits of being you know you know there's nothing in this world we can do it alone so this kid that ca- the candidate has to do it together with other people and and with every visibility there is an opportunity so that's the whole whole uh, our philosophy is like you know the network is the net worth so this is what they have to learn and with the with the bigger network the net the network value is bigger and then then slowly the families they try to understand okay yeah it is it makes it is very important for their for their kids uh, even from different communities to be visible and that's how they can grow and and once you convince if you empower parents and then it is a little bit easier uh, even though the relatives and the neighbors would just come and try to create some you know issues but yeah it it works for us and other than that uh new normal of online in um large majority of uh, the region that we target there's there is no electricity you know so uh, so we are we are talking about one of our region that we adopted a school with 104 kids and that region is known for human wild elephant conflict like 85 people a year die in 2019 85 people died by human wild elephant conflict yeah. and they didn't have electricity for quite long time and there are electric fences but the other part of the story is 415 elephants die by humans in that region because of these electric fences and 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 uh poison the traps and landmines so the challenges they are trying to solve is is in another level so we are not even talking about online or anything there we have to be physically there and 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 i can tell you like when i was uh, when i i am sure i'm based in berlin but i'm also like two months more than two months in a year in sri lanka for these kind of field work but most of the time my team is doing it <clears throat> in that will in that village we adopted the school um um uh one day we saw that few kids were fighting for a you know a bottle of water and it's like why what happened and and they told that um <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> they forgot to bring water from home mm-hmm. and it's not possible for them to go through the jungle again because of there are also elephants and also electric fences to go <clears throat> get uh, water for them to drink and and for that like they're just trying to take water from other kids who brought from home so the challenges are completely different so we are far mm-hmm. away from 
from thinking about new normal of uh, online education and so on. The, But um, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> so you're targeting incredibly niche, um, you know, problems within communities. Uh, the, and and identifying solutions to their problems and tailoring to their needs and yeah that that's kind of cool actually um i yes. i heard uh, uh elon musk educates his children in a very cool way so apparently they go to a school that's completely experimental and they just learn something that they want to learn so ideally when i went to school it was like okay i have you know seven periods of day and yeah. i do math english science a language but over there it's like if they want to do art they do art right and if they want to do math they do math it's like very tailored to you know what they really want to do and i think yeah, so th- yeah. that's what yeah. the subject based learning so it, yeah. it is failing in a way that you know it doesn't give you all the necessary knowledge in the right time in the right way and there is a project based learning like in europe it's very common project based learning it's also not like art and math it's based on project but again uh, for us we also don't do project based learning or like maker spaces we do yeah. challenge based learning because we know that with every challenge it's that they know each and every step yes. in their mind when yeah. they try to solve that challenge because they have been the victim of the challenges yeah. that's how we are we are thinking that they will be also retained to solve the challenge in a long term than yeah. asking yeah. some international aid putting millions of dollars to yeah. to solve such such I think issues. this is a great way of implementing sustained knowledge right because the knowledge that or the traditional educational system that i've been brought up in is very rigid and so like fine adding subtracting makes sense on paper but when i'm actually going out in the world and trying to use these skills it's not going to be i'm not going to add and subtract to save a child or you know you know save elephants from running into electric wires like you said um so i i really understand you know this entire new um prospect of educating children because it it's very niche and tackling very relevant problems in communities is i think mm-hmm. the future um in addressing problems that I, i think i think that governments and agencies are not getting to because i think a lot of the times they put off these small things right because it's like oh it's not an existential threat or it's not like the world's not going to end tomorrow it's not going to blow up there's not a tsunami that's coming and killing all these people so i think that um people taking on their own initiative based on the learnings that you're providing is going to help them sustain in the future and then, you know apply what they learn tackling anything else which i think is coming to be and and at dream space academy our core focus is environmental challenges yeah. but in a, in global south you cannot talk about environment without socio economic so you need to always find ways to incentivize them that's how the organization works when the the candidates are identified they are mostly under 20 and they when they come to create that innovation community innovation for those challenges they are like employees they get a small uh, salary so that their families also incentivize you know most of the time the family would say okay you are 18 year old probably go to middle east and do some labor work and and, and rather than that and they try to create this innovation so we have we work on the, as i said in the green ecosystem we work on the blue ecosystem we have several projects for the water or the blue ecosystems and to protect the biodiversity to many different things and you know and uh, and socio economic side and we do a lot on the and the peace building side you know uh, the hate speech mitigation misinformation fake information this kind of training and this is our background is also mainly from the peace building and reconciliation and and then we we saw that this could be done better if you introduce technology to that rather than yeah. bringing in different ethnic group of people and giving them some 
general topic bring like different ethnic group uh, kids and then give a passion and that they let them dance together you know that's how we turn that whole peace building uh, uh policy towards uh, we call it open science for peace building yes. and uh yeah thank you uh, yeah thank yeah. you so much um i think i think we we could conclude right here because yeah. um yeah. i learned a lot uh from this you know podcast today and our conversation and i hope um people who are going to watch in the future also take away a lot um thank you so much for sharing your experience thank you so much for introducing challenge based learning i think that approach is innovative new and i think a lot of people should you know go towards that um and adopt that because uh, i think you know as as market get saturated and like like i'm not going to lie in like the next 10 years maybe even the job i want to go for will be taken over by ai so what you're doing needs entirely human aspect and ai can't provide that because the challenges that humans face and communities endure um could only bring about that change collectively and you're providing the resources for it so thank you so much i'm sure um my, uh, our team at mitikaran appreciates you giving us a little bit of your of your time to talk with us um and yeah i just wanted to thank you for coming on here thank you i would love to add that because there is this fear of like you know what's going to be the future for the young generation so my thing is uh, always learn with the, with the curiosity and the challenge and the second thing is there's the future is not just you know electronics engineer software engineer it is interdisciplinary it cannot just survive on one single thing yes. so at dream space we have 14 different labs everyone learn everything from story lab to biotechnology right. and as a challenge you know not as a very theoretical like a small projects and challenges and based on that they learn you know you know in one and a half years yes. so i think that you need to build multi interdisciplinary uh, you know you know your experiences and try to always understand and okay how that works even if it's not part of your academic background and this will actually keep people you know people uh, in jobs and and if if people know only one thing and then it's learning and unlearning and relearning will be difficult and right. so so that's that's one thing and another thing is majority this is the network effect so the majority of the opportunities in the world the 80% even if you look at like any job opportunity 80% of the job opportunities are not publicly published or open yep. in linkedin or anywhere it is just within the organization within you know because they look for that so if you don't have a network and then it's not going to happen you're not going to get an opportunity if you don't build your visibility if you don't tell the world that who you are no one is going to know who you are and yeah. they're not going to reach out to you without opportunity and just being like studying for years and bachelors and doing nothing about your public presence internet presence and then when you start look uh, looking for a job and it is going to be difficult and people will just look at your name just type you know recruiter just type your name in google and see how much footprint you have in internet right. so build that network from from very young age build truth and truthful relationship with people just give and take you know just always give value to people that will be always useful uh, when it comes back and um, so basically that's it and if you anyone wants to learn uh, how we operate and if you want to have some form of a uh, internship or we if you want a mentor let's say that now we cannot travel because of right. the situation if you want to give your share your heart and knowledge to those kids in underprivileged kids and 
give access to that perspective that is the biggest thing you know or even if you think that your family has you know could give some impact investment so that you know small amount of money just to run our social mission you know we are a non-profit organization any any form of support is uh, is is welcome and uh, and you can uh, learn about us at, uh, at in the internet dreamspace.academy um, um, so this is where you can see what we have been doing and uh, looking forward to fruitful collaborations thank you thank you so much um, i will make sure that people reach out to your organization and i'll also you know make sure our team um is aware that they could possibly contribute in any way they can so thank you so much um i think we can end right here thank you thank you mm-hmm.